Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is produced by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. In this episode, NCAT Sustainable Agriculture Specialist Kevin Ellis sits in the cab of a farm truck with Mike Marchand of Whitehurst Heritage Farms to talk about farming livestock in Texas and having to prepare for and deal with the damage caused by Hurricane Harvey in the fall of 2017. This is ATRA's Voices from the Field. My name is Kevin Ellis. I'm a Sustainable Agriculture Specialist with the National Center for Appropriate Technology. And today I'm here at Whitehurst Heritage Farms in Brenham, Texas with Mike Marchand. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. Sure. Glad to be here. Great. Um, First off, can you tell us a little bit about your farm? What is it you actually do out here? Sure. We farm pastured poultry, so meat chickens, meat turkeys, uh, free-range egg layers. We also do pastured pork. And we are now doing organic produce farming. Great. Um, so about how long have you, you been out here or been, been farming for? We started farming in 2014 in Cypress, Texas, in a, in a very small abandoned horse farm, five acres. Outgrew that. So within a year, we had moved to about a 100-acre farm, of which 20 acres was pasture. Uh, so we leased that farm farmed in Cyprus until we outgrew that. Uh, We moved to Sealy temporarily um, at a family farm on the Brazos River, had some flooding issues there, and then decided to move to higher ground in Brenham, Texas, back in March of 2017. All right, great. So, what was kind of the inspiration for farming, or how'd you get interested? Kind of what's your story on, on getting into it? Sure. I grew up in Longview, Texas, so a small town in East Texas. My mother grew up on a farm. Uh, her parents farmed because that's how they uh, were able to eat and live. So pretty much everything that they ate came off of that farm, whether it was beef, chickens, eggs, uh, any produce from from their garden. So as a young child, I would go and visit my grandparents. Uh, we would pick vegetables from the garden. And I think at that time, I just got it in my blood. Um, as a teen, I was always in the outdoors, um, hunting, fishing. So being a farmer later on in life wasn't a stretch. It was not something that was really foreign to me. And what what really got me into it, kind of the final, um, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis, but I had i had owned a previous business, been an entrepreneur for a long time, uh, like everybody, had, you know, tried to be fit, try to eat right, and it's difficult. So after years of working out, years of trying to eat right and understand, um, you know, just food in general, I came across a book written by Michael Pollan called The Omnivore's Dilemma where he talked about how our food system has gotten to, you know, what it is today. And in the book, he profiled Joel Salatin, um, who farms in a rotational grazing uh, methodology that's natural uh, and mimics nature. So when I read about Joel Salatin and what he was doing, it really just made clear sense to me that it was something that I could understand uh, it made sense from a health standpoint. It made sense as far as how you treat animals, how you treat and conserve the land. And so at 
one point in my uh, former white collar business, I just decided it was time for me to do something different. Uh, this is a passion, um, you know, that I wanted to get into, and I just really started from scratch, not knowing a whole lot, uh, but but doing research, having confidence in myself and my wife and our family that this was something we could do, and that's kind of how we got into it. Great. Um, you mentioned kind of working out. I think you, we can both agree that, that farming is a good way to Im- integrate work and working out in a lot of ways, especially yeah. here in Texas with it being as hot as it is. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're, I'm middle age and, uh, young at heart, but farming will absolutely test your, test you on every level, uh, physically, mentally, financially. Um, you're always doing a, a really wide array of different, um, you know, animal care, moving feed, moving heavy objects. Uh, you're usually doing it, you know, without resources. So yeah, physically, um, it's definitely, will get you in shape. Definitely. Um, well being here in, um, in between San Antonio and Houston, um, probably closer to, to Houston, really. Um, one of the big things that happened last year, obviously, was uh, Hurricane Harvey, and I know um, y'all were impacted by that. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the, the lead-up to, um, to the storm and w- what exactly that was like and what considerations you had to take to, to make sure your farm was going to be stable throughout the whole thing? Sure. Yeah, we, um, we fortunately, before Harvey and where we have farmed, you know, we farmed in Cypress, Texas, where... It's essentially coastal plain, uh, coastal plain that is prone to flooding. So heavy rains over time, big storms over time. We were used to the flat ground that we farm on uh, becoming waterlogged and having to work in that and some of the problems associated with that. Uh, we had a flood in Cyprus, which was called the Tax Day Flood. I believe it was April of 2015 or 16, I can't remember. Um, shortly after that, we had moved to a farm in Sealy. A month later, the Brazos River flooded and came into uh, the property where we farmed. So we have had quite a bit of, uh, let's call it emergency training in the lead up to storms. With Harvey, we were less afraid of rising water, uh, flooding, or harming our animals. Um, on our property, about about probably 30% of our property is in a floodplain. We knew that it would flood. Uh, we do not keep small animals such as meat chickens or egg-laying chickens uh, down in that area because it's difficult to move them um, in bulk. However, we did have pastured pigs in that bottom area. But again, knowing it was going to flood, um, we built a fence area that was high enough up, or we got uh, pigs loaded on a trailer, moved them to a new area, so none of the animals really were in jeopardy. Um, we did expect rain, we did expect wind, and possibly wind damage, where I believe that we had a little bit of surprise was the effect of the horizontal rain uh, sheets you know, blowing for hours and then stopping and starting again, causing animals, uh, specifically meat chickens at this point, um, to become, you know, in shock just from being cold and wet. 
Uh, same same problem with our layers. We have some large layer flocks. Um, you know, there's just really no way of avoiding rain and water blowing at 40 miles an hour. No matter what you do, um, there's just really only so much you can do. So during the storm, you know, there were multiple times where we were out in the rain, in the wind, literally uh, picking up chickens by hand, trying to move them either to shelter. Um, at one point, we brought out bales of hay uh, to, to put in a circle just to block, block wind blowing on them. Um, we had a fairly new flock of layers that we had just put into to the field. Um, and we had a, a barn close by. At one point, most of the aluminum siding on our field housing had gotten blown off. Uh, birds were getting wet. They were getting cold from the wind. Uh, same thing. We tried to walk as many birds to our barn as possible. Hand, you know, picked up and hand carried birds. Uh, but you just do what you have to do uh, during the storm to protect those animals. It's not going to be perfect, but you just try to prepare as much as possible ahead of time. Uh, do what you can during a storm. You know, again, it's Mother Nature, and and you're not going to win um, that contest. Mother Nature is going to win when it wants to. So you just have to do the best you can as far as preparing. Uh, don't be shaken by it. It's just something that's going to happen. It's normal in farming. Uh, but that's that's really what we did to uh, you know prepare and to mitigate as much as possible. So being here today and and walking around, uh, you could never tell that a, a major storm came through like it did. Uh, what what was the recovery like? Was it a relatively easy bounce back, or were there some challenges with that? Yeah. So um, for the birds that that did not die during the storm, you know, it was fairly easy. The sun comes out, it it dries everything up, and and everybody's back to normal and good. We ended up losing approximately 150 layers. Uh, that was due to them getting cold, wet, being in shock. We lost approximately 65 to 75 broilers. If you multiply that number times, you know, 60, 65 broilers times $20 a bird, you know, $1,300, you know, it's, you don't want to lose that, um, but it's not a huge amount. On the layers, it's a different story because we would expect that layer to return um, you know, approximately 150 to $200 per bird over its lifetime in the sale of eggs and the labor we have into it, feed, and so on. So it's a pretty substantial number when you start multiplying, you know, 50, 100, 150 birds times $150 a bird. What it also does is it slows your momentum as a farm. So you're you're having to rebuild housing you know it's not just buying materials or or fixing houses it's slowing your momentum everywhere sales marketing uh, having to take extra time to to rebuild your housing extra labor um, there you know so there's some intangibles that you might not see on paper I think as a whole Harvey probably cost us somewhere around $30,000 in, you know, lost income, loss of momentum, labor, more, more housing materials. Um, you know, it took us two or three months really 
to kind of get housing back into you know the right shape that it needed to be for day to day uh, not that we didn't have some temporary housing or shelters uh, but it definitely does affect your momentum as a farm it takes a little while to recover uh, that you know that aspect great um i guess kind of finally to 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 wrap it up um you know, with it being such a such a loss and um, obviously such a large obstacle, what what kind of you know underlying philosophy or what what keeps you going regardless of all that and to come out on the other side and, and continue to, to farm? Is there? Yeah, I think for us, you know, again, you, if, if you're going to be a farmer, um, you need to give yourself both a reality check and a gut check. Uh, farming is not going to be hard, whether you're farming corn or beef, or chickens, or whatever it is, you're outside, you're competing against Mother Nature, you're competing against commodity pricing, or uh, people's mentali mentality that your goods, despite a better quality, should be commodity priced. You know, you have to get past um, those types of things. You have to get past that it's going to be easy physically, whether it's, you know, Texas heat, whether it's a, a hurricane, whether it's the, the freak freeze or ice storm, you have a duty to go out and to shepherd and take care of those animals. Um, and so whatever the weather is, whatever, however uncomfortable it is for you personally, uh, if you choose this, this profession and to go down this path, um, this is what you have to do. So you need to kind of check yourself to say, uh, is, is this something that I think I can do? Uh, and do I want to put my, myself through this? Um, you know, I kind of jokingly say you have to have a little bit of crazy uh, or you have to be very passionate. Um, and, and then, you know, also realize that financially, um, you know, farming is difficult. Um, even if you start small, there's just a certain amount of infrastructure you have to have. Um, there's certain ups and downs with heat and production. These are just all normal parts of farming that you just have to accept. So whether it's a storm, whether it's, you know, again, heat, uh, you just have to keep going. You know, you have to have the wherewithal to keep going and to keep trying. Uh, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down almost every day. It's not going to be just when there's a storm. Uh, so you have to just continually get back up, keep trying, um, you know, hopefully you do this because you love it and it's your passion, um, but also if it's a way that you choose to take care of your family, you know, you have to put your all into it, and so that, that's one thing that I can say that my wife and I um, have done, um, you know, we try 150% of the, you know, effort all the time, and it takes that, um, and it's just something that we we want to make work for our family. We want to educate others. We want to produce high quality, you know, super healthy food. Uh, so there's just a number of aspects that keep us going uh, that I don't want to say it makes it easier, but it makes it easier. Well, it <clears throat> your commitment definitely shows here on the farm. And um, I just like to say thanks for, for coming on. Um, if people are interested in, in looking up um, your farm, working, is there anywhere they can go? Or? Sure. We have a, a, a website. Whitehurstfarm.com, W-H-I-T-E-H-U-R-S-T farm.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page where we post a lot of videos about what we're doing, uh, both from produce to chickens to livestock guardian dogs. Uh, so on Facebook, 
you can find us, uh, Whitehurst Heritage Farms, uh, same on Instagram. One of our, um, one of the things that we're trying to do is to show other farmers, startup farmers, what we're doing to help shepherd them and guide them. Maybe you can get some tips. Uh, we love it when other farmers post pictures and show us equipment and things that they're doing because we learn from, from other farmers as well. And uh, as a group, collectively, uh, we need each other. And so we just try to, to be a part of that uh, community uh, just to, you know, again, to, to make all boats rise and to teach everyone. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Mike, and um, good luck down the road. Thank you. You can find other episodes of ATRA, Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.